We are so glad you've joined us today. If God is doing something in your life through this ministry, we want to hear about it. Send us an email at live at trinitynwa.com to tell us your story. You can also go online to give to this ministry by going to trinitynwa.com and clicking the red Give Online button. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. If you want to experience more content, visit our website or subscribe to our YouTube channel. I want you to get your Bible turned to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. I'm going to be reading from modern King James today. I like the way that it's worded, modern King James. And we're going to talk about God's investment. God's investment, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, only one verse, verse 7, only one verse today. You're going to be amazed You're going to be excited. You're going to be encouraged. You're going to be educated today. Uh, And it's just going to be one verse. You're going to walk out of here today with a knowledge about a verse, thinking of it probably in ways that you probably never had before. You're about to hear some things that maybe you've never heard pertaining to this verse. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but you're going to leave here today excited about what this verse means to you. Are you ready? Here's what it says. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. One more time. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. What does this verse mean? Get your pen. Get your paper. Get your phone. However it is you're going to take notes, iPad, whatever you're going to do. What does this verse mean? Now, Paul is writing this to the church at Corinth. And the whole of the letter is to encourage the church there. Um, He's letting them know God is with them and also that there is an everlasting reward that awaits them after this test is over. That's the gist, basically. But this one verse, though a part of a whole, we don't ever just grab verses out of context. This verse fits within the context of the letter, but this verse can be taken out, just like we're going to do today, because it is so chock full of of information that we're going to, We are going to tear this one verse apart and we're going to see how it how it speaks life to us and and how that it um, it will educate you to, to some things that you knew, but maybe not to the depth that you're about to. Here's what's going on here. You have to study it now. You have to do an individual word study. There's a, there's a fellow that I love, to, I love to hear him teach, and I love to read his writings. His name is Rick Renner. And I, I, love, I love the way this guy exegetes Scripture, especially in the Greek. And he's done a word study on this verse, and I'm going to use what he put on paper to teach you what this verse means. And we're going to... We are, we're not going to do damage to it, but we're going to rewrite this verse in a minute. We're, we're going to explain this verse, and we're going to rewrite this verse, and then we're, I'm going to read it back to you, and it's going to make more sense to you than it's ever made before. All right? 
So here's how it goes. If you're writing it down, the first three words you're going to write down are, but we have. The words there means we hold or we possess. But we hold or we possess. The next two words, this treasure. This treasure that we're about to talk about this morning is so rich and so immense that it could never even be expanded. It's beyond ever needing anything that could possibly be added to it. It is a treasure that it is the object of a treasure hunter's greatest dreams. The treasure we're talking about is a rich, immense, inexhaustible, ultra-valuable treasure. The greatest treasure you could ever find. The scripture says, but we hold or we possess this rich, immense treasure where? In earthen vessels. Now, earthen vessels are simple. It's what it means. Small, cheap, easily broken pieces of pottery is what we're talking about here. These are things that are weak and frail and replaceable and perishable. Let's go on. Why? We're holding, possessing this treasure that is so immense in these valueless, seemingly valueless vessels for a reason. So that the excellence, now excellence means the super eminence, exceedingly excellent and beyond measure. All right. So that this super excellent beyond measure of the power. Now, power means you're getting all this. Miraculous force or ability. So that the super eminent, exceedingly excellent, beyond measure, miraculous force and ability may be of God and not of us. Wave at me if you're still with me. Correctly understood. Let's rewrite the verse now. And here's what it would say. But we possess this immense, incredibly rich, inexhaustible treasure in these human bodies of ours that are so easily broken and expendable so that the exceedingly excellent, miraculous force and ability that we operate in may be the works of God and never of us. Got it. Wow, that verse just came to life. I understand it better, don't I? But I'm not done yet. My question, my first question after putting this together would be this. Why would God invest that treasure in us? Because we're intelligent enough to know before we go any further that the earthen vessels that are being talked about here are us. We are that expendable, easily broken, seemingly valueless earthen vessel. Now, I don't know about you, but I understand that everything that I have on loan from the Lord is his. I understand that. But there are certain things that have emotional uh, value to me. And everything that is important to me 
that I don't want torn up or stolen or destroyed, I put it in either in a safe where it can't be burned or I hide it because there's certain things I want to be able to leave to my children. So things that are really important, things that are without value, I do my very best to protect those things. But God is in that way. He takes apparently the most expensive, valuable treasure and places it in vessels that are incapable of protecting that treasure. Why would God invest a treasure like this in you and I? Because we're fragile. We think about this. Think about this for a moment. We are fragile both in our bodies and in our minds. What do I mean by that? Our bodies are susceptible to disease and to illness. Think about, you know, no matter how big and strong you are, fellas, ladies, the truth of the matter is, your body is comprised of skin and muscle and bones and organs and the only thing that is really strong about you are the bones and they're on the inside just protecting the valuables and that's why all kinds of stuff can hurt us we're fragile things so to the point that a bad diet can kill us think about that for a minute working too hard can break us Too much pressure damages us. Long life ages us. And even if you care for your body meticulously for a lifetime, it will wear out and eventually it will die. No matter what you do, I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm just saying for all of you that we're hoping to keep this body and live in it forever. It's not going to happen. This body wasn't designed for that. Let's talk about the minds. They're susceptible to stress and overload. The greatest minds, the the most creative inventors, the highest intellects, the most colorful writers, the most dynamic politicians, the most charismatic leaders are all eventually going to come to the same end. It's going to happen. The smartest among us cannot figure out how to even save themselves. They're working on it because they want to live forever. Even through artificial intelligence, the hope that they're going to somehow get everything that is conscious and aware about them into a computer because the body won't last in hopes that they would somehow stay consciously aware, which I don't know why you'd ever want to live in a computer. But the most intelligent among us are trying to figure out a way to cause these bodies and minds to last forever. But they will not in this current state. They will not in this current state. They were not designed to. They're not going to last. And in light of that information, why then would God take this inexhaustible treasure and put it in such a Susceptible vessel. 
We suffer with poor self-image. We waste our energy on useless endeavors and on sources of entertainment. We don't eat, sleep, pray, or live right most of the time. If you were God, let me ask you this. Would you place a treasure like the one we're discussing in a vessel that is unreliable and unworthy and perishable as you? Never. Yet this is just a part of the miracle of salvation. Did you hear that? Now don't get ahead of me because some of you are thinking that that treasure is salvation. It's not. We hold or we possess this immense treasure in earthen vessels. And the treasure, you ready for this? The treasure is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit is not it. It's he. It's a person. Then why don't we know his name? He has a job. He has a function. His function is to point people to Jesus because... Only by the name of Jesus can people be saved. So he's not going to give us his name because he doesn't want us worshiping him even though he's part of the Godhead. We do worship him. We even pray to him. But he is pointing us to Jesus. So everything we know about him, Jesus said, I'm going to go. I'm going to send the comforter to you. He's going to come. He's going to dwell among you. He's going to point you to me. And that's who the treasure is. So God has determined to allow Himself, because the Holy Spirit is just as much substance of God as is the Father or the Son. So God says, I myself in the form of Holy Spirit am going to go down now and dwell, not among, but in these earthen vessels. This valuable treasure placed in us. Now, it's pretty amazing because I need to tell you something about this Holy Spirit. By the way, this is Pentecost Sunday. I didn't know that because I wasn't keeping up with current events. But the Holy Ghost knew it was and decided to talk about himself today. He is creative because he is all creator. He is powerful because he is all power. It's not what he does. It's what he is, a substance of what he is. He has every answer because he's all-knowing. He's with you always because he's all-present. He is God with God in God. He quickens you. He heals you. He advises you. He speaks peace to you. He delivers you. He answers you. And he does all of this from inside of you, not from out there and in. It's from in here and out. Hear that. Hear this now. Contained in in your little weak, frail, sinful body is the very presence and power that created the world and raised Jesus from the dead. A power so powerful that the one who created it could say to himself, 
I'm so powerful, I'm going to let these little weaklings crucify me, and I'm even going to die. But I have made a decision, I will raise myself back up from the dead. I remember the song when I was a little kid. If that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it will what? Quicken your mortal body. You remember? I've been singing it this morning. That same spirit. Oh, the light hadn't come on yet, but it will in a minute. You're going to get with me in a second. That's. You say, I don't know how I make it, Pastor. I don't know how I do it. I, I, you know, I've, I, I fail, I fall, I pray. I, I, I'm trying. I, I want to get to heaven. I'm doing the best I can. But, you know, I just don't know how I make it through. I have so many tor- trials and torments and tribulations and persecution. And I got so many things going wrong. And I got more fires to put out than I can stomp on. I don't know how I do it. I'm going to tell you how you do it. You're going to make it because of a power that is dwelling in you that is so powerful and so precious that he will never abandon you to yourself and you will always make it. You'll always make it through. You'll always do that until at some point God decides you've had enough, at which point you're going to lay down this dirt bag and pick up a brand new glorified body that is capable of living and ruling and reigning forever with Christ. The Holy Ghost Lives in you. Now the question is, why would God invest that kind of a treasure in you? Why would he do that? I'm going to tell you why. So he could save you. So he could keep you. So he could heal you. So he could deliver you. So he could fill you with himself. So he could sustain you. So he could get you all the way home to heaven. That's why he's doing it. But now I'm going to ask you a real serious question. Do you, do you believe that everything I've told you so far is the truth? I not need a pat on the back. I just want you to say amen if you believe it. I won't tell you. If you believe what I'm telling you is the truth, say amen. All right, then I'm going to ask you a question for all of you ameners. A real serious question that I hope can get inside your soul. If this was God's plan, and he was willing to invest this treasure in you for the reasons we've stated... Why would the Holy Spirit ever walk away from his investment and allow the enemy to come in and destroy what he has created? He will not. He would not. It would be crazy. It would be foolish for the Holy Spirit to ever walk away from the investment he's made in you. Oh, I wish you'd get that in your soul. I wish somebody could get that in their soul today. The reason that I'm still making it, Pastor, the reason I'm still here, the reason I'm still going, the reason I still have hope is not because I'm getting better. I'm still not getting better. I'm still struggling. But I'm making it. I'm getting there. I'm going there. I'm going to make it all the way to heaven because an investment has been made in me. I can't protect it. I can't keep it. But he is able to keep that which has been committed unto him against that day. He is able. Little old sinful, weak and frail, seemingly useless you just now became the most important 
vessel to house the most important treasure. Not intended to last a lifetime. Not not an eternal lifetime. But intended to house this treasure for as long as God deemed worthy for you to be on this planet to fulfill your purpose. That's how you'll do it. It's why you'll do it. Little old weak you and I have at our actual disposal the power to speak life and raise the dead. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because the scripture told us right here that we have that power in earthen vessels. That the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is that power. It's not just some of that. It is that power. The power that created the universe. The power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. And is guarded by God as his investment. You see why that verse is important? You starting to understand a little bit something about that verse? You know what amazes me? Is that we think that when God uses uses us, it's a miracle. It's no miracle at all when God uses us to do the miraculous. The miracle is that God would choose to dwell in us. That's the miracle. But once we accept the fact that the miracle has taken place, then the outflow, the outgo of that is a normal thing. The fact that you would say to me, God allowed me to pray for somebody this week and they got healed. That doesn't shock me. That is the normal. That was the plan. That was the purpose. That's what the intention was all along. That he would place this investment, this power in you. And that whenever you saw somebody that needed healing, you didn't have to get on the phone and call the pastor. You'd just say, well, hang on a minute. The same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. I believe I'll just lay hands on you and I will see that power come to life right here. You lay hands on the sick and they recover. You lay hands on the dead and they are raised to life. Not me, Pastor. Oh, yeah. Because if you tell me that you can't do that, then you're saying to me that that power is not as powerful as the word tells me it is. Works better in a vessel that's pure. This is how God wants it to have, why he wants that vessel to be pure. He'll work more through a vessel that's pure, but he'll work through a donkey if he wants. He has. He'd prefer to work through vessels that are prepared. Here's where I'm going with this. The treasure that is in us has been placed in there in us to live, to work, and to be active. So let's let it. Stop being content to let your carnal body call the shots. Let the treasure have the full reign of your body and your mind and your heart and your soul. Let the power loose. It's time to come alive in the spirit, not in the flesh. The flesh has ruled too long. The flesh has been in charge too long. We've succumbed to the lust and the desires of the flesh too many times. But God wants us to crucify the flesh so that the spirit can come alive. And then he can do what he always intended to do through us. 
That is the church of Jesus. The body, us, out in the world, calling things as they should be. Laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. Opening up blinded eyes and deaf ears. Setting the captive free. Doesn't that sound like a life of adventure and excitement? I dreamed Tuesday night that I was preaching. I loved loved the anointing that comes from preaching. I don't deserve to get to do what I do, but but I'll say this. I wish that the Holy Spirit would let everybody preach at least once. And I know we're not all called to that. I understand that. And I'm not trying to call you to that, but I wish wish the Holy Spirit let everybody do it at least once and that you could sense the anointing that sometimes comes from that call. We all have a different calling and a different purpose. And so the Holy Spirit will use use this power in us differently. For me, it may be standing in a pulpit. For you, it might be a mama Uh, In the bedroom with the children at night before they go to bed reading the Bible story and praying the prayer of faith over those babies. It's the same power. Bind that enemy over your children's lives. Speak blessings in their lives and bind the curses of the enemy. You have that power. In that dream I was preaching. The anointing of the Holy Ghost, guys, was so strong. I, I remember, I, remember I, 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 I thought that my physical body was going to explode in the dream. I was like, how am I staying together under this anointing? How, is this not, how has this not just exploded? And I remember reaching out and I slapped a pulpit and then I thought just before my hand hit it, what if it disintegrates? There was so much power in that anointing. And I remember the air was electric and the people were shouting. The spirit of God was moving. And I liked it. (laughs) Whether it for you is preaching or singing or or, 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 or at your job or where, wherever this thing happens for you. You know. You know when you connect. With what is already in you. See it's always there. He's always there. But you know. When you have. Gotten your mind and your heart right enough. That the switch comes on and you feel the power. You know that. Some of you remember that. Some of you are like, man, it's been a while. I love that feeling. Don't you? I love that feeling. Sometimes that happens differently for all of us. I've never been one. I've never been a real emotional individual. Sometimes I wish I was. I just stand and bawl like a baby when the Holy Ghost hits me. But, but you know, so I've known some people that, man, they'll shout and whirl and dance. And I'm going to tell you, it all has to do with the way you're geared. I slam my hand in the car door and I don't, I don't shout and dance and whirl. I don't. I slam my hand in the car door. I'm like, mm. And that's kind of what I do when the Holy Ghost gets on me. It's just a different spirit. 
You've never, you know, I don't dance. If you ever see me take off running and dancing, you know. I mean, it was that was some kind of a double dose Elisha thing that got on me because because that's way beyond my personality. My personality is, man, I'm gonna stand, I'm gonna move a little bit, I'm I'm gonna holler a little bit, I'm gonna shout and clap, lift my hands and cry. If you ever see me take off and go, I mean, you might want to get in behind me. Something's happening. But for some of you. That's the first thing that happens for you. You grab the live wire and you shout. You holler. You jump. You dance. You spin. Some of you are like, yeah, and I like that when that happens. That's been a while, but I like that when that happens. It don't have to be a while. Connecting with that, that treasure that is in you can happen any day you desire. It's up to you. Whenever you decide to connect and allow. That's why this word was so important to me to get to you today. That you would understand. We hold. We possess a treasure that is inexhaustible. Without measure. In these little frail, broken human perishable bodies so that that exceedingly beyond measure miraculous force and ability of God can operate and he gets the credit instead of us now you know what that verse means this is the way God wants us to live out our lives You're God's investment. In the knowledge of that, live out the rest of your days doing the powerful things that God wants to do through you. Don't be content. Don't be satisfied with the little temporal pleasures of satisfying the flesh hear me hear me guys gals hear me sacrifice the pleasure for the power live a daily life of self-sacrifice and discipline So that when you find yourself in that moment of weakness, you have the power to overcome. But also so when you find yourself in a place where someone else has a need, you can step up not in yourself, but in the boldness that comes from the gift and say, we got this. I've been denying this thing. I've been denying this old dirt bag. I've been denying it. I've been listening to the Holy Spirit. He's been running. He's been raining in me. Back up. Back up. I'm going to lay hands on this situation and let the Holy Ghost that's in here come out through here. Live it. Live it. Don't hear it. Don't hear it. Again, the miracle is not what he does The miracle is 
that he's willing to dwell within us. The knowledge of that, that you are the investment, he is the treasure. And the miracle is that he would dwell in you so that normalcy would be miracles following you around. That's real. God's investment. Take your word, Father. Deposit it in our spirit. Oh, God, let, let the Holy Ghost fall on this place right now. Let the Holy Ghost begin to rain down in this place right now. Opening up minds. We are not talking about religion, God. We're not talking about bondage. We're talking about a freeing relationship with you. That is so meaningful to us that we are willing to deny our flesh temporal insignificant gratification make us hungry to walk in that power and open doors for us to utilize those gifts those callings give us confidence Lord as we walk and move in those gifts give us confidence that we are hearing from you let there be signs and wonders that follow us as a church. In this song, here's your opportunity to get this from your head to your heart. Take your notes, get down on your knees, either in your seat or around the altar somewhere, around the back. Find yourself a place, but get down on your knees and say, oh God, I'm not going to be satisfied. I'm not going to be satisfied with this, this little this little nothing life I've been living I'm not going to be satisfied Lord until that treasure in this earthen vessel rules and reigns I'm not going to be satisfied find yourself a place come on find yourself a place and let's pray